Tyler Murray, he's shown flashes. Uh, is this going to be his breakout year or the year that he finally gets broken in half? Cards made a lot of offseason additions, but are now one of the oldest teams in the league. Does that wisdom and experience propel them to the playoffs or do tired legs uh, sink them when it matters most? Cliff Kingsbury, he's on the hot seat. Is this going to be the final year of the air raid experiment? Uh, we'll, we'll discuss all these questions and more uh, on today's preview of the Arizona Let's set the stage, look back to 2020, uh, and kind of summarize some of our key takeaways. So going into 2020, Vegas estimated wins for the Cardinals was seven and a half. Uh, so not overly bullish, not overly bearish. Uh, ended up winning eight games. So just inched over by a half game. ATS record seven and nine. So underperformed a bit. And the seven and nine is probably a little bit generous uh thinking about specifically that game versus the bills average margin of victory almost a field goal so when they won they won rather convincingly average cover plus one even though they were seven and nine so clearly when they did cover they covered quite meaningfully uh realized strength of schedule was 15th so again an average middle of the road team when we look at the chart of uh the market expectations for the team over the course of the season for those who can see this is one of the highest consistently high barred parts that i think we've seen uh where the cardinals were pretty much bet above 20 percent one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, eight, nine, 10, 11, 12 weeks out of the season. So the market really loving the Cardinals. There was really only one bottoming out period uh, in week 11 where they received uh, less than 5% and they didn't cover that week. So a lot of trends. Uh, uh, for the Cardinals, it was kind of cover, cover, failed to cover, failed to cover, 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 failed to cover, failed to cover, failed to cover, failed to cover, 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 failed to cover, failed to cover. Not a lot of signal I'm seeing in this. Again, like we talked about in one of our previous videos, is really for this kind of buy sell signal strategy to really be effective. You want volatility in market expectations. Again, the market loving a team, overshooting to the upside, then losing, and then expectations getting depressed, you know, again, and overshooting to the downside, you know, and trying to capture, again, some of those mispricings. And when you get a team that just either the team, the market just doesn't participate in or overly just participates in kind of regardless of what's happening. And we kind of saw this also with the Cowboys um uh from one of our previews where it was just like people are just going to keep betting the cowboys just every week didn't matter you know and when you get that kind of like market distortion it's noise you know it's hard to find signal you know so when we're kind of doing our back testing and trying to figure out you know where 
this new framework can be effective in our 2021 season. And we're really trying to filter out some of these noisier teams and trying to figure out too, because it's not like the Cardinals are are one of the, are, are a Cowboys type team. It's they're going to receive receive you know a tremendous amount of market support kind of structurally from a year to year basis. They're not that that team. They turned out to be one of those teams last year, but that doesn't mean that they will be in 2021. So we're trying to figure out you know again a clever way to try to jump on top of that you know, sooner rather than later and, and over the course of, partic- of a particular season. So you're not getting these false kind of buy and sell signals on a, a particular team. So still a work in progress, but we really hope to have that up and online, you know, by those first couple of weeks of the season. So we can start to leverage that, you know, moving moving forward. Um, but a- anything else that you have to kind of take away from from the Cardinals in, in 2020? Yeah, and, and a qualitative observation that I think we're seeing here in the charts quantified is, you know, it looks like when the Cardinals covered, they covered by margin. And when they did not cover, they did not cover by margin. And so there seems to be only about three to five games that the the margin was under maybe like four to five points. So it seems like you know, Cardinals were the volatility in the Cardinals was when they played well, essentially, and they covered, they covered by margin. And when they lost and didn't play well, they didn't, or not necessarily lost, but lost against the spread, you know, lost by margin as well. So maybe, and it kind of speaks to what I think we, we think probably the Cardinals are, which is a very inconsistent team with a lot of talent. And I think that speaks, speaks a lot to the, the coaching is you know when things kind of fit nicely on a given week the talent shows and they go well above expectation and the exact opposite happens when the times get tough and so unlike a team like like we did the 49ers unlike certain other teams we've done we've talked about is some teams are consistent like even the bears last year you know the bears were in almost every game it was very tight you know, if you found your spots to, to bet them, um, they were competitive. But Cardinals, when things went bad, they, they went bad. Uh, when they went good, they went really good. So maybe that's the signal for 2021 is, you know, especially from an alt-line perspective, potentially, is there's doesn't seem like there's yeah. much point to betting the Cardinals uh, based on the, the current number or the closing line. It seems like the value is when they're gonna when they're gonna ride off into the sunset and, and do well, and they're gonna do it do do really well. And when they're not, you know, it's gonna go in the pooper. So um, that's my big takeaway from from last year's. Yeah, and I think that's one of the reasons why you can see again they went seven and nine ATS, so under you know fifty percent. But their act, their at their average cover margin was actually positive. Just going to demonstrate that again, they covered less games than they failed to cover. But if you looked at the average cover, you'd think that they actually covered more than they lost. Uh, which just goes to show just the wide kind of spread in, in the vol- in the volatility there. Yeah. Um, yeah, and then from a qualitative perspective, again, Kyler Murray, you know, had a very hot start to the season last year. You know, was a very potent fantasy player. 
Mm-hmm. I had him on, on, on my team. And through the first course of, you know, the nine, 10 weeks, um, you know, this was a very potent offense. Then he got banged up and then he missed a few games, also kind of da- down the stretch as well, which really compromised their overall ability to kind of squeak into the playoffs or not, which they failed to do. Um, but we're in position to do. And maybe they do if Kyler Murray uh, does stay healthy. I'm just wondering, he relies so much on his legs and the ability to move, not just move around the pocket, but actually, you know, run. And th- he isn't the type of kind of like Patrick Mahomes type quarterback that he's mobile and agile to the extent that he can create extra time and space in the pocket. But he actually is running all around the field. And, you know, for anyone not familiar with Kyler Murray, he's a small dude. And I think they say he's 5'10", 5'11". That, I mean, he's not. Uh, and, man, if he takes a nasty hit, he's not just going to hurt his shoulder like he did last year. And then he was a little gimpy. I mean, the dude... <laughs> suffer a serious injury and I don't know if Kyler Murray is ever going to be the type of quarterback that you can expect to be playing you know 16 games and I'm just expecting even if he stays healthy kind of a catch-up from defenses around his particular skill set and I mean again if you remove the mobility factor from his game. I don't know if he's that great of a quarterback on a go forward basis. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah, and I now, think, what are your kind of thoughts? Yeah, on I that? think, and I think last year, I don't, I don't have the specific numbers, but I think there was something along the lines of when he rushed for X number of yards, they played well and won, and when he didn't they played yeah. poor and lost right so it, it really demonstrated how reliant the offense actually was on running the ball with kyler murray which again is not a sustainable model and it's not a super bowl winning model right so from a macro team mm-hmm. perspective like we see with lamar jackson and the ravens is yeah it's great when the competition's bad it's not good when the competition's strong and yeah. You know, to your point, especially with what I think is the biggest problem probably with this team right now is is Cliff Kingsbury is. And I think the volatility kind of speaks to it is. I mean, he wasn't a great college coach and he because he what coached Patrick Mahomes and put 50 points, you know, a game up versus Big 12 defenses. He got a head coaching job like from the beginning. I think everyone kind of assumed like, oh, that, that wasn't a very good hire. But then because they got Kyler Murray, it like took the air out of that narrative. And so whether it's true or not, but it just, it seems odd that like, it's kind of like the Danny Dimes when we did the Giants is there was this assumption that he's not very good. And then his first three or four games replacing a like dying Eli Manning was oh wow he's he's definitely better than eli and like he's doing big plays and he won us some games like 
he's mm -hmm. he's the future and like everyone forgot that they actually initially believed he was gonna suck so it's probably somewhere in the middle but like let's not forget that there was a point in time when cliff kingsbury got hired and people were like what huh uh, texas tech head coach who's he like but now it's just become this like kind of looks like kyle shanahan so maybe he is kyle shanahan like Mm -hmm. I, I don't know, but but is he maybe the a bottom five coach? I right now I don't think he's top fifteen. That's for sure. Well, and he's also materially changed the narrative, or, or he hasn't changed the narrative, but his actual play calling has deviated from what the public narrative of a Cliff Kingsbury air raid offense actually is so in college you know he was having four wide receivers out you know one running back or no running backs and you know kind of playing the deep ball and that's what the cardinals did do in 2019 when he first came on board through the first four five six games didn't work and so then he started to change it up and now it's almost anti Air raid. So if we go to the next slide, too, and we look at that 2020 stats, I mean, what from these offensive stats suggests that they're an air raid offense? So for, again, for those who can't see, points, 14th. Okay, average. Rush percent. So how often do they rush? Eighth. They're running the ball more than... A majority of teams which, convincingly so yeah, which is probably part of the kyler murray running the ball thing too yes I would sure um but uh and, and even still and also last year the the but in addition one thing that you you can't see on these stats here though is that actually the cardinals used two tight end sets the second most in the league last year yeah and, and though it's not so, proof, they also have the most penalties, I don't know, on an average game per basis. Mm -hmm. So that doesn't, again, that to me, that... Well, and that's probably as, as a consequence of Kyler Murray running around, yeah. you know, creating, you know, drawing play out, and then you either have, you know, holding penalties yeah, or, but, you but know, what not, have you. But the Ravens don't have that. You know, Seattle doesn't have that. So, I, I, again, I think when you're the worst at something... Well, Seattle has a bad offensive line. Yeah, but when you're the worst at something, it suggests something's in the water, and kind of what we're talking about, the, the Cliff Kingsbury experiment, um, being the worst at penalties, I'd be curious to look back at 2019 to see how they fared and if, see how this year goes, because mm -hmm. it's indicative of a team that's not well coached, for well sure. Coached, right? Yes. So, and actually, interestingly, I actually think the defense was a surprise benefit last year and oh, the for sure. offense is what we I mean look at these stats on here look at these ranks so I'm I'm actually surprised yeah, by I, many of I them. was surprised too when I when I looked at this um so for those who can't see yeah. uh, give the points that given up 12th in the league they're down conversion percent 10th in the league red zone scoring 4th pass completion percentage 13th sack percent 5th takeaways 17th that's pretty strong and yeah. And they only got the defense only i mean they lost us on reddick uh, we go back when we maybe we can't we can we can move on to uh, what the changes were over the course of the offseason i would say 
that the defense probably got better. So they lost Drake, Drake Kirkpatrick and Patrick Peterson. So kind of like their, their two best corners, but that wasn't the strength of their defense. It was more so kind of the front seven. Um, and you know, now they've added uh, JJ Watt into the mix. Uh, they added a first round linebacker who a lot of people are hyped about. Their first round linebacker from last year, Isaiah Simmons, kind of like this all around athlete that can kind of do anything and everything. Um, you know, he kind of got better and better over the course of the second half of last season. So you have like a nice mix of kind of experience and youth on uh, on that defense. Yeah. Um, added added Malcolm Butler again. He's probably a little bit past his prime now. You know, probably gonna you know uh, succeed the Patrick Peterson. Um, and then adding AJ Green, I feel like is a, is the non factor. It's I think the dude is is well past his prime you know he's in like the twilight Terrell owens type years where yeah he's a big name and maybe he draws some extra coverage i don't know but i mean he barely did anything with it i mean you know last year with, with the bengals you know and and i feel like there's other wide receivers on this cardinals team like i've seen some depth charts that list aj green as you know wide receiver two alongside deandre hopkins I don't think so. Hmm. Yeah, I mean, maybe, he might just be filling the Larry Fitzgerald role of old man holding down the 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 in slants or what have you. Yeah, but but Larry Fitzgerald was remarkably resilient. He doesn't get hurt. Yeah. AJ Green is not. Yeah, that's a fair point. Yeah, so it's really not much of a of an upgrade in the long run, I think. Um, and then that makes me think, is the offense going to be any better than it was last year? They didn't really improve overall. So it, it really is going to come down to can Cliff and Kyler be a better tandem? And I think our initial kind of feel on that is when Kyler's healthy and he's able to run the ball, this offense is very dangerous because kind of like the Ravens, when Lamar Jackson's getting 120 yards rushing, it opens up everything else and everything becomes easier and they score can score 40 points. So I think that's probably the 2021 outlook on the Cardinals is when when is Kyler's running going to open up the offense and when is it not? And those are the places that you look to potentially buy and sell the Cardinals. Um, mm, which mm -hmm. if we go to the schedule, And I think the other thing is too is, is, is they also added uh, Colt McCoy. Uh, so add a little bit extra depth uh, behind Kyler Murray. So if he does get injured, uh, you know, have a little bit more yeah, stability there. Yeah. yeah. Um, and then also, as you see on the screen here, lost Kenyon Drake. So, you know, that was like, they had this nice one-two punch with Chase Edmonds and Kenyon Drake. And now it's going to be Chase Edmonds and James Conner from Pittsburgh. Yeah. And James Conner's not really a replacement for Kenyon Drake. At least, you know, like, as far as the role that you want that player to play on the team. So I don't know if that one-two punch is going to be uh, as strong. Yeah. Um, they also added uh, Matt Prater. So they had some kicking issues last year. So Matt Prater, getting older for sure, but, you know, he's a kicker. So, you know, 
maybe still has a few years left in him. Um, and again, they're all kind of head cases. So, you know, he's not fallen into that kind of psychological trap yet. Uh, but I missed a few kicks and now you just go in this downward spiral and you're, you know, you're going to be out of the league imminently. Um, so if, if he can, you know, I think the kicking game is one of those things that always kind of goes a little bit, flies a little bit under the radar, but, you know, having a bad kicking game can obviously swing your season a good one and a half, two games for sure, you know, over, over the course, you know, on average. And so by adding, you know, a kicker like Matt Prater, that could be also, you know, you know, a material upgrade. Although if they kind of, you know, perform with the same sort of volatility as they did last year, then a field goal here, a field goal there doesn't seem like it would actually make a meaningful difference. Um, but if they do play, you know, uh, a lot more closer, a lot closer games, you know, that, that could, that could come into play. Interesting. Yeah, I, I could see that. And that's, I think that's a really good point on kickers too, is, is I think special teams probably doesn't get enough look when we're, we're capping in general, like not us specifically, but general market. And, you know, it, it can, especially ATS, I think can come into play more often than people think. Um, but if we look at the schedule next season with the Cardinals, you know, Vegas has them at eight wins. They had eight wins last year. Um, playoff, plus 150, yes. Minus 200, no. Super Bowl, plus 4,000. Um, estimated strength of schedule, seventh. So we did the 49ers. Their strength of schedule preseason was 32nd. Cardinals is seventh. So in mm -hmm. the toughest division probably in football, it looks like Cardinals are not going to have the easiest of paths to uh, send the mountaintop, as they say. Um, but if we look at the schedule, it starts off pretty tough. I mean, they play Titans and then Vikings, and they play what I think is going to be an underrated Jaguars team. Mm -hmm. um, and then the Rams, Niners, Browns. That's not an easy start to the season. I mean... Obviously, no, if they can beat the, if they can beat the Jags, we're bullish on the Vikings. I mean, honestly, there's a world that all those teams are playoff teams, like legit eight to ten win type teams. The Jags? I am bullish on the Jags. I think that's in incredibly bullish. That's like so off market that it's almost it's, borderline insane. Hey, you can't be sharp. Unless you could you, be right. Unless hey, you're it's really not crazy. Well, I just I, I do th real quick before we get to the Jags pod later is I, I think Jags could be an Andrew Luck first season Colts situation right. where where he just is exactly with a college coach that I think that would almost be unprecedented. But I it could be the Urban Meyer um, is ahead of the curve because you know he 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 this is what he does. Though. If you know Urban Meyer's career, is his first year with teams like surprisingly really good. The next year they like win it all. Then then that's mm -hmm. the peak, and then they just crumble, and then he leaves or has health problems and or makes up excuses. I don't. Know. All right, so there there's a little snippet of of Zach's team preview for for the Jags to be to be Tim uh, Tebow starting di dive into at, at another time. Yeah. Um, so so back to this. That opening opening five six games is pretty tough. Then they go to the Texans, play Packers, Niners again, Panthers, Seahawks. 
That's not an easy Brutal. Stretch. Brutal. Then they play, then they finally get their bye. Then they play the Bears, Rams, Lions, Colts, Cowboys, Seahawks. So, I mean, they have a couple gimmies, technically. Texans, Lions. Okay, that's two. Jags, maybe. Okay, that's three. I mean, the rest of these games are very losable. It's like, they're not, they're not gimmies. So they're gonna, sure. they're gonna have to earn five games. I mean, like, which they can, they can. It's just, I mean, it's it's not gonna. There's no easy pathway, um, bar, no. barring injuries to other teams. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I don't know how I feel about the Titans. Mm -hmm. So I, I just don't. It's something I'm still. I definitely like crystallizing the, in my mind. Yeah, uh, I definitely like this line on. The Cardinals as an underdog versus the Titans, what over three points seems a little ridiculous week one. Because again, I think the key to betting the Cardinals is probably gonna start with how healthy is Kyler Murray and the game plan with him running it. And I think early in the season, um, he's gonna be healthy. He's not gonna be afraid to take off. He's gonna be amped, energized. So I think that week one is a play on the Cardinals if I had to bet it today. Oh, just FYI, wink, wink. Um, yeah, yeah, but no, I, I agree. I mean, there there are some pretty heavy underdogs through various games this year: Rams, Browns, Packers, Niners, Seahawks, even Cowboys. Yeah, you know, that's all three plus points. That's a, that's a little much. Uh, underdogs. And like I said, um, I think I think you have to choose your spots. But I mean, definitely taking the Cardinals and a couple of those straight ups. Um, the ones that they match up best with um, mm -hmm. be worth it. No, I think there's some considerable vulnerabilities for, again, when you're thinking about the variance of, you know, in kind of the the uh, kind of one standard deviation of like how big you think a standard deviation is for a specific team. And I think that because of the Cliff Kingsbury effect, which I would say is a negative, mm -hmm. um, the potential devastating injury that Kyler Murray, I feel like, is prone to getting at some point in time. Plus that this, again, they got much older this offseason. And again, that could play into their benefit or the exact opposite. Mm. And so if that goes, you know, hey, uh, uh, you know, it, the... Uh, inversely to the expectation then you could have a really bad season in fact here hmm. for the cardinals and they easily go under under eight and i think so even best case scenario beat the titans beat the jacks beat the niners beat Texans beat the Panthers split with the Seahawks beat the Bears beat the Lions beat the Colts that gets you like at nine yeah wins that's and so that's like that's like I feel like the most bullish scenario so the most bullish scenario just gets you over, and that's if everything kind of goes according to plan. Yeah, you're right. 
I, I think I think to your point, it's it's really an under or a no play. It's just too schedule's too tough. There's too many high level variables that are not in their favor. Mm -hmm. And again, the one place that they got some good health out of is, is for the most part, is DeAndre Hopkins. I mean, again, if he gets banged up too, mm -hmm. I got some serious problems. Yeah, that's a very good point because he he was he was if memory serves, he was critical to their passing game success last year. Mm -hmm. It, it mm -hmm. really, you know, which he was with the Texans as well. He's just he's so good that, you know, makes life easier for a quarterback. In every way yeah so yeah so. yeah so i mean again they they could be a fun team to watch and again if if, if murray's surprise is to the upside and he stays healthy and this defense you know they benefit from the experience and they provide this really cool and, and, and effective mentorship to some of these younger players that they have on the team and everything kind of comes together you know they're still going to be probably just as good as like two other teams in their division so it's like so hard to separate yourselves and i just don't know if Cl cliff kingsbury is the type of coach that's going to be able to really get the best and really capitalize on on every opportunity that that comes available to them um so i feel like yeah again maximum upside nine maybe ten wins uh, and then worst case scenario, four wins. I could see four wins. Again, if this goes haywire, then you got three, four wins. And that's, you know, far under that eight. Yeah, especially uh, if Murray gets banged up, I think that's... Yeah, that's so, so so I think, we, you know, we're both kind of aligned, you know, both both leaning under eight wins uh, for the Cardinals. So I think you know, that wraps up today's episode on the Cardinals. Be, like, uh, be sure to like and subscribe. Definitely check us out at SportfolioKings.com. I will be providing market-oriented research, custom market signals dashboard. Also be providing our own in-house managed portfolios where we'll be providing our kind of weekly picks and proposed allocations. So you, you know, giving you insight into how we're leveraging our tools and the conclusions that we've come to. And, you know, that's going to be something that, you know, we're never going to charge for because we think the value we provide is the insight, the research, uh, the tools, that's the value we add. Uh, we think that you can be sharp enough, you know, by leveraging that type of information to make your own picks. And we'll give you our picks for free because they're just, they're just picks. Uh, so, uh, looking forward, uh, to, to the season. Definitely again, thanks for, uh, you know, watching our videos, listening to our pods, checking out our, our content. We really appreciate the support. Uh, and we'll see you on the other side. And that's the closing bell. And of course, King May.